Um, I'm just going to talk for about 10-15 minutes on the book of Daniel. As a church, we've been studying the book of Daniel. Um, and it so happens that we're ending on Daniel 6 today. Daniel 6 is all about a God who is a saviour. Which is just so perfect for baptisms, isn't it? Our God is a saviour. He's the powerful one, the mighty one. I'm just going to catch you up. We're going to go from Daniel 6, uh, and I'm going to read from 16, but I just want to introduce it, because some people might not know, or or we might get a bit lost. So, uh, Tim preached last week that a new empire had come in. So what happened was Daniel was serving under a foreign empire. Daniel was a man of God, uh, one of the Jews from Israel, and he'd been taken captive into, into Babylon, and the Babylonians had ruled, and Daniel had been serving for about 60 years um, under the Babylonians. But then the Persians came in, and the Persians overthrew the Babylonians, uh, and so this new empire was coming in, and it was a Bab- uh, P- Persian empire, which meant a new king, uh, and a new empire was there. The, the new king was called Darius, and he also saw what Daniel had, and he put Daniel in place as one of the rulers, one of the people in authority. And he put Darius there as one of 120 people, but not just one of the 120 people, but one of the three in the 120 people who would rule over the empire and make the decisions for the king. They recognized Daniel as a, a man who was very wise and good at making decisions and very servant-hearted to the, to the kings. They recognized Daniel so much that he was working so well that actually the king wanted to put him as the one person who would rule over the 120 people. The 120 uh, people then got jealous. They got envious. And so they came up with this wonderful plan to kind of take Daniel out. And they watched Daniel and they were like, how can we take him out? We don't want him to be ruling over us. And then Daniel... uh, the, the people watched him, but they were like, I cannot find anything wrong with this man. We can't find anything that he's doing that's wrong that would get him thrown out, that the king would throw him out. So they came up with a plan to say to the king of Persia that actually um, the king of Persia should make a, a rule that only for three months people should only worship and praise and pray to the king and not to the god of any other god. And the king thought this was a wonderful idea. So he put a a law in place that said anyone who worships or serves or prays to another god during the next three months, I will have killed. The people thought this was glorious because they knew that Daniel would not stop worshipping his god. They had seen Daniel and the only thing that they could find that was wrong with him was that he worshipped another god other than the king. This is where we start in Daniel 6.16. So then the king commanded, and Daniel was bought and cast into a den of lions, ferocious, scary lions. The king declared to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve, continually deliver you. And a stone was bought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet, and the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. He did not want anything to happen to Daniel. It's funny that, isn't it? He valued Daniel so much that the king of Persia didn't want Daniel to die. Then at break of day, the king arose and he went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. 
The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angels and shut the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me, because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken out of the den. So Daniel was taken out of the den and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. And the king commanded and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were bought and cast into the den of lions. They, their children and their wives, and before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. It's a bit gory, isn't it? We'll talk about that later. Um, then King Darius wrote to all peoples, nations and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed. His dominion shall never be ended. He delivers and he rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who saved Daniel, Daniel from the poor power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus, the king of Persia. Isn't it incredible? Isn't it incredible that, that God is the God who saves the, the Bible's talking continually about God being a saviour, God being a rescuer, God being the one who steps in to help. When it talks about salvation, it, it's not talking just about spiritual, but it's also talking about physical salvation. It's talking about God rescuing you from the mouths of lions, rescuing you from difficult dark spaces, rescuing you. Today we're going to hear some stories of young people. We're going to hear two young people's stories and testimonies of how God has rescued them, how God has saved them. And that's a reflection of what's happening here in Daniel. Daniel is being rescued by the God, the living God, the mighty God. Things come against Daniel, but God rescues him. He, he has the power to save, the power to transform. The Bible says that in Romans, it says, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. It says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. The God that we serve is the same God that rescued Daniel from the lion's mouths. The same God yesterday, today and forever doing the same things so we read this testimony in Daniel and we can say actually, no, God is the God who saves. And I know many people across the congregation, I can look out and I can see, and I know their stories and their testimonies of how God has saved them and rescued them. How God has rescued them from addiction, how God has rescued them from, from brokenness, how God has brought them into new life. And that's what God does. He rescues and he saves and he transforms. And that, that's the God that we see in Daniel. It says the God from the beginning of time, the one who was, who is, and is to come. He's the God who rescues. And no one is too far from God to rescue. This is the, the third king that Daniel has served from a foreign empire. And he served two Babylonian kings and he served one Persian king now. 
who were the most far people from God. They were the people that thought they were all powerful. They thought they were gods. They thought that people should worship and serve them. But all three of them, by the end of serving with Daniel, gave testimony to God, the living God, the mighty God, the one who rescues, the one who saves. No one is too far from the reach of God. God is a God who rescues. And I'm looking forward to hearing the stories of Dylan and of Ife, how God has rescued them, how God has saved them, how God has transformed their lives. The second thing that I just want to point out is God wants to use us, his people, to bring salvation and rescue into other people's lives. He says that we are his witnesses. In Acts at the beginning, it says, I will empower you to be my witnesses throughout all of the world. I will empower you to be my witness. And that's something that we see here as well. Daniel has been a witness to people. We often think of this, I don't know, Daniel in the lion's den is normally a story that I hear in kids' work, not necessarily out in this. But, but think about it. Daniel is a man who at this point is in his 80s. I often thought of him as a young person as well. In fact, I've seen cartoons where he's drawn as this young man. But, but at this point, he, he's a man in his 80s. So think of a frail man, a, a man being put into the den of lions, these beasts that, that, are, uh, that are too powerful and mighty for him to comprehend in his own strength rescuing, uh, going beyond. This man in his 80s has been a witness throughout his whole life. And I just want to look at two things that I think that he did that was a witness to everyone around him about the Lord, the living Lord, and how he saw two king, three kings worshipping the living God. The first thing that you see, and you'll miss the detail because I, I, I didn't read it, but in Daniel 6 it says that they, the other rulers, the other people looking at Daniel wanting to take him out, they looked at him in his work to try and find something that was wrong with him. And they couldn't find anything that was wrong with him in his work. I think that's a massive testimony and a way that we can be great witnesses on this world. We can be great witnesses by living faithfully with upright character in our workplaces, serving bosses or kings that we don't necessarily agree with completely. And that will shine out. Your character will shine out as you work faithfully serving your bosses. As you work faithfully in your work so that other people can look and go, wow, isn't, isn't that person doing really well in their work? Aren't they doing well? Aren't they applying themselves really well? Aren't they serving really well? Aren't they leading really well? Aren't they doing something? Just simply their character is outstanding. I don't, know if, I don't know if I can personally say that if people looked upon me in my work previously that, that they'd be able to find nothing wrong with what I have done. But I do want to live in the way that actually I'm working hard so that people look on and see, oh, there's something different. There's something there. So the first thing that Daniel did was he worked hard and it says actually the words that the Bible uses, he was faithful. And I think that's really important. I think that's what the important thing is. He was faithful to the employees that he worked for. 
Faithfulness shines through. Faithfulness is the, the, the important ingredient in your faith. But the second thing that Daniel did was he, he prayed hard. So he worked hard and he prayed hard. I love the verses because the detail says this, that, that Daniel, when he heard that the king had said that no one should go in and pray to any other gods, then it says that Daniel heard that that had been put in place and then he, he went into his room and he prayed to the God. And then it says, just like he had done before. And I think that's a really important detail. Daniel had this rhythm in life that he had decided to live by. And he prayed regularly. He made space and time for him to pray. He made space and time for him to be with God. He made space and time for him to, to be alone and pray. To worship. He, he, he didn't react in fear, and I think that's really important actually, not reacting in fear. When he found out that his life was at risk, he didn't react in fear. He had a rhythm of life which he kept to. And he lived in that rhythm of life and he just said, I'm just going to keep to the rhythm of life that I have. And the rhythm of life included worshipping the living God and praying to the living God. There is no need to be afraid when things come against you if you have the rhythm of worshipping and praying to the living God. I want to encourage you to, if you don't, if you're sat there thinking, oh, well, I don't have that rhythm. Actually, I'm quite worried. <laughs> quite worried about that tarpaulin. Then, and, and this is an encouragement to Dylan and Ife. What rhythms do you have in your life for worshipping the living God? What, what, what rhythms do all of us have for worshipping and praying to the living God? Because it's in that place where you'll have peace, where you'll know his presence, where you'll know his power, where you'll hear his voice, where you'll know what to do next, where you'll get wisdom for your work. The power of the living God will fill you as you make time for him. And I think they are the key things that as you read through Daniel 1 to 6 of how to be a witness, live faithfully in your life. Live faithfully and work hard. And also live faithfully and work hard in your faith to the living God. And I think then you will see people turn around and say, your God is the living God. Enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed and his dominion shall never end. He delivers and he rescues. He works signs and wonders in the heaven and on the earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. Because you will see God meet you. You'll see God transform situations. You'll see God do the amazing, impossible things. It says in scripture that nothing is impossible for God. The things that you look upon as impossible are possible with him. That's Matthew 19, 26. Nothing is impossible for those who believe. I'm excited. I'm not going to talk any longer. But I just want to encourage you that you are God's witnesses and you can see the salvation of God come into many people's lives, into your own life. You can ask him to draw near. He's a personal, living, saving God.